0: pre-roll rolling but yeah dude feeling a little little scraggly a little scratchy in the throat a little scratchy i woke up with the biggest lug i've seen in my life it was like
1: big and green and like a yellow tint to it i had um we were we were up kind of late just plowing through the office last night and i had a sprite and it was already kind of late i don't like having caffeine like late at night just because you know the ritual yeah but um i like woke up and like the back of my throat was like sore and i had like a headache I was like, sweet baby Jesus, I'm not drinking Sprite past like 7 p.m. ever again.
0: <laughs> Copy that, man. Yeah, dude, it's so a little scratchy. But uh, we'll go ahead and get this shit crack-a-lacking in a second. Let <clears throat> me get my, the notes posted up. And then, the uh, agenda. Yeah. It was beefy. Beefy not so much in the sense that we have a lot of stuff, but beefy in, in the stuff that we have to talk about. It's beefy. We have a lot of stuff to talk about, yeah.
1: It's, uh, it's beef within beef. Absolutely.
0: Like Double beef. Beef fed beef. Beef with, with some mozzarella cheese on the side, you know? Mhm. Ready? Oh yeah. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids Podcast, episode number 115. One, one, five. Yeah, we are back and uh, sick, but it is what it is. We have a lot of shit to cover, so we're going to go ahead and get with the the nitty-gritty. We're not going to bullshit around today, Gabe. You ready? Born ready. Absolutely. Don't pick the mic so hard next time when you do that. (laughs) I got you. All right. uh, Let's go. Let's get started. All right. So uh, are you familiar with Woot? Uh, It's a
1: website. I'm familiar with the phrasing Woot. Like, okay, yeah. so uh, Woot is like a flash deals website, and they have all sorts of good shit on there. And they were recently bought up by Amazon, so, mm. you know, if you got Prime, you get free shipping from Woot. Oh. So, the big thing Woot does is what they coin as a bag of crap. So, it's $10, and they're all differently themed, and it's just literally what it sounds like. It's a bag of crap. You know, you get, you get what you get. Mm-hmm. And so, these things aren't something you buy, like, right now. They kind of pop up for special occasions. Mm -hmm. And so essentially two weeks ago, right before Easter, they had this whole like bag of crap day where every half hour they would post like a hint on one of the sites and it'd be like, hey, you can find this bag of crap at, you know, here, here and here. And like the first one to get to it would get it. So I essentially hounded this fucking hint site all day long at work trying to get one of these bags of crap from like 10 a.m. to like 4 p.m. every half hour refreshing it right okay so i finally got one at like the two o'clock mark okay okay and i bought the bag of crap it was ten dollars all right you want to hear what was in it sure absolutely so we got this cool little bracelet gave you the maddie was whatever uh some sticky notes could always use sticky notes right sure why not uh like a mandolin cutter so it's like a it's one of those like tupperware boxes but the lid is like a cutter and it comes with all sorts of Like, assortments, right? Okay. Of, like, cutting and grading and shit like that. I thought it was pretty cool. All right. Uh, Figure, you know, the parents will use it. Um, Got a drawstring bag. That was okay. Got a camera bag, right? Galaxy Note 8 screen protector. (laughs) A blue polo. A women's extra small, by the way. So it's not like I can even care. And here's why they call it the bag of crap. I got a redskins beanie. (laughs) And then I got a Raiders shirt. But wait, it's not just any regular Raiders shirt. It's an officially NFL-licensed Raiders bowling shirt. Huh. That's genuine crap right there. That is some pretty good crap. I was actually though. pretty pleased by it. I didn't I had no idea it was my first bag of crap and I thought it was a fun experience.
0: Yeah, that's a, that sounds like fun.
1: Oh, and I got like a like the Woot canvas bag for shopping, which you know, I love.
0: I love those canvas bags. It's so good. So I, I have a question. Sure. Does the Raiders bowling shirt work for you? Does it fit you? I mean,
1: it's a large. I'm not gonna wear it.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, I'm I'm asking because I want you to wear it next time we go bowling. <laughs> I, I'm I, gonna
1: get my ass kicked. Are you
0: kidding me? The Chicago? I demand to see that. Damn it! You're not getting away this time.
1: <laughs> oh, and I got some charcoal toothbrushes. Totally forgot to mention that. Those things are really good. Yeah, they're they're like genuinely proper. I don't oh, think okay. I'm gonna go back to regular toothbrushes. Genuinely proper. <laughs> they came in like a four pack, and it, like the handle is like bamboo wood. And then like the bristles are like infused with charcoal. So when you spit it out the first time, it's like this, like black goop, you know, Mm -hmm. it looks like venom goop. Yeah. But damn dude, my shit felt really good and clean after that. You know, I love having like that post toothbrush feel. Okay. You know, and that was, that was nice and cool. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well,
0: that's cool. All right, Gabe. So you ready to get into this stuff? Yeah, let's talk. So I am literally an hour and a half away from finishing, um, the new Avengers. Avengers Endgame came out. <laughs> Avengers endgame came out on uh, Thursday, Thursday night. Uh it has broke one point two billion dollars already on opening weekend, which is it's insane. Yeah, it's I don't pretty that's,
1: close to to, a, to breaking a record.
0: Yeah, that's crazy on opening weekend. Um so I watched it. Do are you planning on on getting to this anytime soon? Not in theaters, no. Okay. So um this is gonna be a spoiler free review. I'm going to try my best to keep it as vague as possible because it's still relatively new. We will have a full spoiler review for something else coming up later in the docket, but um, I'll try to keep it as vague as possible. So uh, like I said, caught it this morning. Uh, super excited, super amped. The theater was jam packed, obviously. Um, and dude, this just right off the bat gets you. It sets you right into the, right into where you're the world that you're in. Right. It gets you, it throws you right in, right? And you mentioned this on a previous pod. You're like, man, that, that trailer showed me way more than I than I wanted to see. There's nothing that trailer... Okay, nothing outside of the first act exists in that trailer. Everything that we saw in the trailer is inside the first act. There's Everything else is stuff that you did not anticipate. Uh, everything is... Uh, <laughs> A, a bit of a surprise because it kind of set me for a loop a little bit. I was expecting a kind of a different kind of movie. And like I said, what we saw from the trailer, we anticipated that was going to be like the bulk of the film. Uh, not at all. Like I said, it was probably within the first 45 minutes, is everything that we saw within the trailer itself. Um, it's an ensemble cast, right? So there's a lot of fucking moving parts to this whole fucking thing, right? Um, so like I said, I kind of try to keep it vague because it's kind of hard. Um, so, it, it, like I said, it puts you right into the world. There's like kind of like a like an early ending that you think you're like, what the fuck, what is this about? And it kind of sets you up for a fucking journey, man. Um, <laughs> there's just a lot of shit in here, man. Uh, I like the evolution of Hawkeye. I think he was great. He, he went full Ronin, uh, obviously cause his family disappeared. So he's kind of pissed. Um, Bruce Banner, the, you know, he, he was awesome. Uh, the Hulk, uh, is like, um, they kind of, uh, <laughs> blend these two things together. Um, Moving forward with that, um, <laughs> Thor is uh, a hoot. He's hysterical in this movie. Uh, it's kind of an interesting development for his character. Is kind of unlike something that we've se- we've seen of him. Um, I'm just gonna give uh, Chris Hemsworth all the the love in the world for kind of pulling off that kind of kind of look and kind of vibe. Um, Scarlett Johansson, everybody played the role, man. Uh, Tony did a, or Tony. Uh, RDJ did a great job as Iron Man as he always does. Uh, Chris Evans shaving that beautiful beard, goddamn him. Um, like I said, it's not what you expect. Uh, there's a lot of lot of moving parts to it. and that the setup for it, the build, it all cl- like comes to this beautiful crescendo of a moment that is just like the greatest thing that you've ever seen, the best superhero throwdown fight of all time. Uh, it makes um, kind of what we saw in Civil War look like a like an argument and for two kids in the schoolyard kind of a situation compared to what we see. At the very end, Uh, Josh Brolin, a fantastic villain. Um, He's super menacing. Uh, Did a great job with that. There's a lot of characters that they focus on that um, haven't really got the opportunity to shine. Like I said, Hawkeye being one of them. Uh, Nebula gets her moment to shine too. Uh, Kind of uh, these cider characters who don't, you haven't really got a chance to see them really do stuff. Um, They give them some love and attention. Uh, And everybody did a great job. Uh, And dude, like I said, I I don't know what else to say other than to. How,
1: How is it in the like 11 year span? Because I feel like I've been hearing a lot of people say, I've waited 11 years for this. First yeah. of all, no, because 11 years ago, you didn't know this was going to be a whole massive franchise. Yeah, But in the span of essentially a decade and covering a good chunk of the 2010s, really, mm-hmm. how, how is this in comparison to that aspect?
0: I think it is the the most beautiful way they could have ended it. It is The ending is just so fucking well done. Uh, it's very emotional. You feel it. Um, and... Yes and no about what you said because obviously like you said We didn't know this thing was going to take over the fucking world right No, I don't think anybody really anticipated it There was the hope uh, that one day you know These things will be mildly interesting to the vast Majority of people right culturally acceptable Yeah Yeah, because it wasn't back in the day right Um, But I think uh, When we first saw the first Iron Man we're like okay One day Civil War one day this one day that uh, One day the Infinity War And you know here we are at the very end of it And um it's weird, man, because it's hard to see what's next uh, because of kind of the way it ended, and uh, I think for the first time ever they didn't have a post credit scene. Yeah, there, there's no post credit scene yeah. at all in this. Yeah, uh, the first
1: time in eleven years.
0: Yeah, so um, it's it, it really feels like an end of something, uh, the end of a story. This, like you said, this twenty eleven year, twenty two movie saga, you know, all these things that were leading to this ultimate point, the you know the apex of it all. And that's over. It's, a, it's over for that from that aspect. The only thing we got lined up after this is Spider-Man and after in that In 2020? No, Spider-Man comes out in July, I think.
1: Oh yeah, you're right. Sure. Yeah. So Disney's still going to dominate the box office this year because we got Infinity War, obviously, Spider-Man and then we get Star Wars towards the end.
0: Yep, absolutely. Man, um, they're just going to clean house. Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, dude, I don't think any, they need anything else. I mean, obviously, Star Wars is going to do fucking big, big box office because it's Star Wars, so it's going to. I mean, granted, we can't really say that about Well, them.
1: that's the end of a saga, too.
0: Yep. Um, so I guess we'll see what that looks like moving forward. But I, for me, as far as an experience, bro, I laughed. I cried. There was moments of, like I said, great emotion, great story arcs, great stories, uh, great perspective on these heroes that are normally unrelatable. Uh, you could relate to them as a person, as people, because in this scenario they lost, right? They lost. It was over. They lost, and they tried to find a way to correct that along the way. Um, that's some clever writing, because there are some things that they kind of had to tiptoe around in order for it to make sense.
1: The uh, the brothers do a phenomenal job. Yeah, so brothers, and because uh, they've been at the helm of what four movies now, four yeah. of the bigger movies. I think so. Yeah, and that's uh, pretty impressive. And you know, not to loop this background to Star Wars, but it's a lot easier when there's contingency and consistency between the bigger biopics. Well, I don't, not a biopic, but bigger movies, Yeah, you know, it's a lot easier to kind of frame everything in the big picture scope.
0: Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give the screenplayers credit for, for screenwriters for doing it. I'm going to give Kevin Feige a lot of credit because obviously he kind of stitched this thing together and had kind of after, once it started to game Steam, had this grand master plan of where this all was going to end up. You know what I mean? Um, 22 movies, I'm sure it's not easy to make them all feel, you know, Relevant. What other
1: 22 cohesive movies can you think of no, you can't. you can't even say that about bond you can't no you can't and that's i think that's one of the other franchises that comes close yeah absolutely and they're at what 26 now
0: yeah yeah you know, you're right yeah it's, it's hard to um
1: and no more than four or five no four in a row no more than four in a row are cohesive yeah we're about to break that with the next one
0: so, some of them even even with the same actor in it there's no yeah bleeding. it's like a soft reboot yeah it's the nose bleeding into it there's no story bleeding into the other so um Man, I mean, I'm going to give Disney and, like I said, Kevin Feige and all the actors and people involved in this whole entire process all the credit in the fucking world.
1: So you know what I'm going to ask next. Mm. What do you rate it?
0: Uh, I find it very hard to th- see another movie experience that I'm going to enjoy more this year that is including Star Wars. So I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an A. What's the grading scale on this again? I mean,
1: we could do pluses. Yeah, but but it is the grading scale. We're going to, it's it's
0: gonna be an A plus, man. Yeah. Yeah. Happy. Because, like I said, uh, if you have any kind of investment towards these characters in the last eleven years, um, you're gonna feel it and you're gonna love it. Uh, saw Stanley's final cameo, obviously. Um, man, brutal. Yeah, not brutal. I mean, it, it, they they made it light and funny because that's what Stan would want, right? Now I heard a story. No, this is what the Captain Marvel cameo that he had. Um, within the story, I don't know if I told you this. Um, he's reading his cameo, is him reading the script as himself in Mall Rats. Like, yeah. <laughs> so he's reading. So uh, basically, Kevin Smith broke it down. He was like, Yeah, uh, Feige called me. And he's like, Do you have any alternate takes of Stan giving the line in Mall Rats? Do you have any of that? He's like, Yeah, of course I do. You know, you're not going to throw that out, right? Right. Because he's like, Well, by the time that they're doing the cameo for, um, Captain Marvel. He was very weak, and his delivery. He wasn't all there. You know, what I mean, he was very timid and weak, and didn't really have the delivery, the Stan Lee delivery that we come to expect from him, right? Uh, so this cameo, uh, it's it's funny, and it's a good last laugh. I think uh, Stan left us, left us on a good note on this one, and um, yeah, sad to see that end as well. But um, I'm sure they're gonna find some way to kind of think see about that.
1: Sh- that man was really close to hundred years of greatness. Absolutely, and uh, it's kind of sad to see him go before this. You know, 10 years of madness, these 11 years of madness that we've experienced.
0: I'm glad that he at least got this where it's kind of uh, maybe not the final point, but at least the final point for now. Right. Because uh, like I said, after Spider-Man, there's nothing on the docket right now for them. That's they're, probably a good thing. Yeah. They're going to take it some time to relax and chill. Take a year or two, really. Yeah. And uh, come out with something new. Uh, something in the Phase 4, I guess. Honestly, I wish they would... At this point, now that it's all said and done with these movies and Phase 3, call it something else. Don't call it a phase because it's like a
1: continuation. Do you think they could cap at least the greater extent of superhero movies now? Or do you think they should keep trucking along? Because what they've done is this great monumental movie-making feat. You know, I'm not going to yeah. deny that. But Do you think they should... Quit while they're ahead, or do you think they should try and set up for another 10? I think, um, if they're gonna move forward, it's gotta be a good idea, they
0: can't be uh, half assing, yeah, they can't be half assing the ideas. If, if there's a reason why they're resurrecting it, it's gotta be a good reason. Um, like I said, right now, you know, it's kind of hard to see what's next, as far as like you know, because you know, I,
1: I'd be perfectly fine with doing new hero origin stories or like sequels to like Captain Marvel, you know, Venom deserves a sequel. and couple of these other sprinkles here and there the Mm -hmm. question is are we going to do the whole grandio overarching yeah overarching story i don't know know? because that's that's the appeal of marvel right now that there's this thing that connects 22 separate movies into one existence one universe
0: because like you said it was all coming to the head here and it's all over now so i mean like i said it's incredibly difficult to have 22 semi at at least decent movie to great movie uh, and that i don't think there's been a bad one.
1: Not- I don't think there's been anything below like a C. Yeah. Like Dark World Dark is probably World. my C. Yeah. But when you look at the Thor and Loki character growth, I think Dark World is very important in yep. that progression because that's kind of a low point for them. Yeah, they have like a
0: um, they have a moment about where they kind of reference Dark World. So, um, that's good stuff, man. And they did a great job. Like I said, it's gonna be very hard for me to find a better experience in the movie theater. And if you haven't seen it, uh, get your ass in a the movie theater and see it. Uh, I know you say you're gonna put, you're gonna wait for a little bit, but uh, I recommend it. Uh, it's gonna be very hard to keep uh, the story of this under wraps, and I want you to experience it without knowing. I want you to see it without knowing spoilers. Yeah, Darth Vader is Luke's father. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I want absolutely. I want I want you to do that. So if you can get, catch it on a matinee. Go ahead and go enjoy it with your girl. And
1: go go enjoy it on a Tuesday morning with all yep. the old folks.
0: Yep, and report it back to me and let you know what you see. All right,
1: good copy. So let's keep chucking along. That was a that was a pretty solid review, you know. Thanks, buddy. I There's appreciate a lot that. Of good shit coming out of it. Let's talk Sabrina season two. So I have not seen this yet.
0: So we're trucking through. It's about halfway through now. Um, I didn't think it was possible to get any more satanic, <laughs> but they found a way. Yeah. To get more satanic with this season, like I said, I'm about halfway through. Man, it's it's a fucking great series. I love I just love everything about it outside of the hazy fish eye thing, which
1: yeah, this ain't a skate video, guys. Yeah, uh, they
0: brought that back, but um, I just love the story. I think it's a great thing. Like I said, there's some shit that I can't believe that they're getting away with as far as imagery and
1: so so how <coughs> is um the story as compared to season one so far, or like how are the characters?
0: It's building, bro. So yeah, as stated, it's uh it's building up, and uh, you're starting to see uh, kind of where they're going. Like I said, I'm about halfway through, so I don't want to lean you too too hard one way or the other. But you you could feel the stakes starting to raise a little Good bit. Copy. There's um a lot of interesting character development outside of Sabrina and her family. Her friends are getting some great development. Harvey's getting some fantastic development. There's a uh, episode with him uh, where it's just like oh like he's he's in it now. Like he's in the shit with them. Like everybody else and um. Like I said, some increasingly disturbing uh, imagery. It's good, though, man. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, we spoke uh, briefly upon the whole, like, violence thing and Netflix kind of catering to that. But I think it's important to kind of throw this out there because, granted, you may not agree with <laughs> what this show is doing or what it's portraying. But it's important to realize that it's still out there and that it is a form of art in its own way, right? Absolutely. I'm just glad we're getting... Um, you know, look back twenty years. Sabrina was a harmless family fun thing that would come on after Full House. Yep. And now it's something totally different, and I love it. You yeah, know? absolutely. It, it's um, that's good shit. I got to catch up on it. I've been kind of slacking because, like I said, Office, and you know how that goes. Yeah. How well, you feeling
0: about the Office? Because this is your first trek through, right? Yes,
1: this is my first trek through. And for all those people, like, what's wrong with you? Here's why. I grew up on things like Futurama, Scrubs, with my TV show Scrubs. I fucking love Scrubs, and it's still my favorite like sitcom today. I never really Fucked around with friends I only recently watched How I Met Your Mother Within the past two years And now So now we're kind of Trekking through All these TV greats Right oh, and I've I've seen Seinfeld Because if you haven't You're like You know you're Yeah Insane Okay um, We're seven seasons in man And I still feel the same About Michael I don't particularly I don't particularly Love him He has some good moments But overall He's just like Dude, if I, I told you yesterday, if I'm ever in another managerial position again, I'm doing the exact opposite of everything this dude does. Absolutely. And sometimes I don't know whether there's a cringe or a laugh or a cry. And it's just this weird like conglomeration of things. Well, that's why I,
0: that's why I think it's so fucking beautiful, because you you're like from one moment, you're like, God, he's a fucking idiot. Like, God, he pisses me off. And then there's moments you're like, God damn, that was fucking funny. And holy shit, that's offensive. And holy shit. How did they get away with that?
1: If that happened now, they yeah, get away absolutely. with that. that that's yeah. the big thing I've noticed that if this show were to air Right now, on this day, it would not fly. Yeah. And, and its <laughs> it, I, I think it's hilarious that it's the same people on Twitter who are like, oh, this is offensive, are the same people who fucking love, love The Office. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, dude, I, I think Dwight's kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. I think get... he's meant to be, though, to be yeah. fair. I think Ryan's character was totally ruined, in my opinion. But I, I think it's because he's directing more and more of these episodes as the yeah. thing goes on. Absolutely. I think that's why brian cranston directed an episode man this thing has kind of a like ricky gervais uh, there, there's like this kind of rotating cast of directing episodes and i think it's neat yeah but uh, i'm enjoying it overall i just i'll give you a better opinion once i'm done with it Cause, absolutely because i feel like i'm kind of nitpicking the the flower right now you know i'm pulling off the thorns and the leaves but sometimes you gotta appreciate the rose as so, a whole
0: so far are you enjoying the hype though or do you see the hype are you with the hype
1: uh, yes and no. Okay. I, I understand why it has a following. Absolutely. And I, I'm starting to get all the jokes and the memes now. So I, I think that's good <laughs> enough, right? Yeah, absolutely. You, yeah. Know, you shouldn't watch the show for the show. You should watch the show for the memes. Yeah,
0: is, no, no, that's, that's a fact. Because um, is going through her second walkthrough. I said it. Oh, I'm like, oh, we should go through the office again. She's like, yeah, let's totally do it. And next thing you know, I'm laying next to her one night. I hear the office team. I'm like, are you fucking going through it without me? She's fucking evil, man.
1: It, I can definitely see it being one of those comfort shows that you kind of always are having a watch through of it. Mm-hmm. Like like I said, that's always kind of Futurama or Scrubs for me. I always have one of those going on at any point. And it's just kind of, you know, well, you can't decide on what to watch. You fucking throw it on. Yeah, you've seen this episode 20 times, but so what? It's great.
0: Absolutely. Um, that's another. Bob's Burgess is that show for me. Like, my wife loves it, loves it. I, I enjoy it. and. There's some, some fucking episodes that I could literally watch over and over again with Bob's Burgers. I, I know you're not super high on it, but I love it. And, yeah, The Office is one of those shows, man. There's just moments in there I'm just like, geez. It's like comfort food, you know? Yeah. You're like, Jesus Christ. You always come crawling back. Absolutely. So, next on the agenda. So, there's a show on Viceland, All right. Obviously, Viceland. I love Viceland. Yeah, it's, it's actually a pretty pretty good TV channel. Uh, it's called uh, Dark Side of the Ring. And essentially what this does is it takes... Stories from professional wrestling, real life events that actually happened and explaining kind of the background information to it. Uh, One of the first episodes that I saw was the murder of Bruiser Brody, an actual wrestler who was murdered in a uh, shower in Puerto Rico. And basically it breaks down how his murder got away with it. Not only did he get away with it, he wrestled that night that he murdered somebody. Holy shit. Yeah. And it kind of gives you the whole background and just a lot of stuff in there that you're just like, oh, man, like how the fuck did that happen? And uh kind of the corruption of, of Puerto Rico as a whole. And kind of like, cause one of the witnesses, uh, they're like, okay, well we're going to subpoena you and have you come back once the trial happens. He didn't get his, his court order to come back. And so after the trial already happened, just shit like, like the cover up of it all. Uh, just kind of a sad story about this guy who lived this character, but on the outside of it, he was like a really nice guy and a family man and all that stuff. But inside his world, he was this fucking violent wrestler and just over the top shit. Um, so they had that's they had that story. Uh, they did had they a have
1: co- Chris Jericho up on there. Manny Guerrero.
0: No, no, no. That, I'm sure that's going to come up the the pipe right now. Uh, they did the Montreal Screwjob with Bret Hart, which is another kind of controversial thing that happened. Uh, they had the Macho Man Elizabeth story because how that thing kind of happened was very, yeah. very tragic. How Elizabeth died, and then Macho Man died, and it was all a fucked up thing. Uh, they have the Von Erichs. I don't know if you know who they are, but essentially what they were was a wrestling family. Like they're all brothers, and like there was like seven of them, and like six of them have c- killed themselves. And there's only like one remaining Holy shit Yeah, just like this whole thing And like I said, it's very interesting to me Because I'm a big wrestling fan And I love kind of knowing some of the background information on it Uh, Some of the interviewers on it are fucking hysterical Uh, There's a guy I'm going to show you after the fact Who was on one of them And he was just talking like some grade A shit About one of the other guys that was on the show Uh, I'll show you as we go along But if you have a, a passing interest in wrestling At the very least You'll understand the stories because they're based in reality You know what I mean? Um So if you ever get the opportunity to check that out, I would. I think it's uh, tremendously fascinating, and I love it. That's a great show. Very
1: good copy, sir. I Uh, think, um, even for documentary's sake, you know, if you enjoy a good documentary. mm -hmm. Because I I have a passing interest in wrestling, as you mentioned. But I have a pretty... Good interest in documentaries. Absolutely. And like
0: that. It's, it's good stuff, and I would recommend it for you.
1: Good stuff. Let's talk some gaming. So we got some PS5 leaks uh, the other week. Yeah. Uh, we had to skip because last week was Easter.
0: I think it's the second year in a row we skipped Easter, by the way. I, I put that together. Yeah.
1: Huh. Um. So uh, some pretty impressive stuff because you mentioned it to me. You sent me the article, and I read through it. I was like, holy shit, this is like... Gaming PC stuff. So it's using uh, a Ryzen CPU, which is fucking phenomenal. It's like the best bang for your buck you get if you're a PC gamer. And then it's using the AMD Navi 3000 architecture for the graphics processing unit, which is insane to me. Because now you took... um, Oh, in addition to that, it's also supposed to have a solid-state drive. I don't know if you saw that. So the Mm -hmm. Spider-Man boot time went from like 10 seconds to like 0.8. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, Solid-state drives are the way to go. Um, It... You know, this shit, people knew 10 years ago that solid-state drives are going to take over. But they've become so cheap that you can have it in your PlayStation. What was the other option? In regards to what? Like a mechanical spinning hard drive. Oh, okay, okay. Those things are dirt cheap. Like I said, I got you a 3-terabyte hard drive for 30 bucks. Yeah. You know, but like a 3-terabyte solid-state drive is going to give you 300 bucks, And now there's something even faster, an M.2 drive, which is, you know, insanity all on its own. But I'm glad we're at this point where maybe now consoles have a fighting chance. (laughs) <laughs> and and granted Well no hear me out right Is that
0: the elitist computer douchebag
1: <laughs> I, I don't mean to sound like that but like There was always this kind of like gap Yeah there's absolutely. always been this gap Nope. But now right. And I, I think now is the most prevalent time to bring this up With the Steam store And Epic store kind of mayhem That's going on right now that was like a joke for console peasants five, ten years ago where it's like, oh, imagine having like exclusives. But now we're, you know, the PC guys are in that zone too. And now with this, the if this these leaks are true, these Sony PS5 leaks are true, there's going to be just this, this gap is going to be so much lessened, you yeah, know? Absolutely. There's still going to be your difference between your high-end systems and your base PS5, mm-hmm. but regardless, it is insane the improvements we're making, mm-hmm. how when this came out and what, what was it 2012 2013 14 I 14 when this came out you remember how good this shit looked yeah and then you got accustomed to it and now it's like oh man but we're kind of kind of have that amazement once more when the five comes out and i'm excited because this is properly good hardware talk yeah and, and i enjoy that shit yeah so
0: so obviously Gabe new news more about the infrastructure of these things better than i because he's in the field of it but yeah man I, i'm intrigued uh, like I said, uh, we mentioned this previously. I'm just so I'm so baffled that this this cycle is coming to an end already. It just blows my fucking mind.
1: You know what I think it is? I think because when we were younger, and there's the like the sixth gen cycle, I would say we were kind of one in the front line for because that came out when we were kind of when we still remember. You yeah. Because when the PS One was out, uh, I remember my PS One. I don't remember it dropping. I don't remember it coming to an end. I just remember everybody eventually got a PS Two or an Xbox. Yeah. You know, that was the kind of the the transition there was no none of this generational uh okay we're moving on or we're, we're stopping support it just kind of happened yeah but for gen six i feel like we felt that it was so long because like i said one we were there for the forefront we were there in the trenches for all the good stuff and all the crap stuff in between and then three we were right there five years ago when this shit got dropped yeah and i feel that's why it felt so long because we just experienced a good chunk, maybe like 60% of everything good that those six gen consoles had to offer. And that's a massive quantity of games and time devoted. If you think about it, you know, yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, it's funny. Cause like when, you know, when the, when the four came out, this is actually like, from what I recall, the first console that I had day one, cause I'm pretty sure I got the PlayStation after the fact, like maybe a couple months down the line. Yeah. This was the first console I got day one. Cause I was obviously, I had my own money. I had my own job, la la la. It was so, a priority. Yeah. It was a priority to me. So, um, I see. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to the future because I think it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. We'll see what happens. Yeah, forward.
1: I'm just I'm curious to see how smooth the transition from four to five is gonna be. Well, from seventh to eighth gen consoles currently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know me, I might wait a little for price drops and smooth Ooh. smooth it over. Nice. But I'm just kind of curious to see when support and game developers officially stop for the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Like <gasps> I said, this isn't gonna be. This year, it's not gonna be next year, but it's gonna be down the line, man.
0: Yep, it's coming along faster than we expect, and uh, there's gonna
1: be a day when you can't buy a new PS4 game anymore. Yeah, and let that sink in. No, that that's that's a fact, and um, so I remember hitting that day for fifth gen for the OG Xbox. Yeah, and I remember hitting it for the sixth gen, and yeah. now it's coming up too. Yeah,
0: and it's funny because um, I don't think we all, I mean, we knew that this thing was working, obviously, but. These things are in developers' hands already. I don't think anybody really anticipated that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, because
1: you said they have toolkits for it out yeah. there. Yeah. So there's clearly some development in progress. Absolutely. And um, they said nothing this year. But I'm imagining if Sony decides to do E3 2020, it's, they're going to knock it out of the fucking park. Absolutely, yeah. Because, like we said, it was a big dick move to yeah. to, to not go to E3, where, all, where there's peace amongst gamers, you know, for once, for one weekend. Give or take, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they decided not to go. It yeah. was like, you know, it was like, the intro to avatar it's like the fire nation attacked
0: yeah you know nice all right so let's move it along so this is something i saw in passing uh yes
1: the capcom arcade i actually saw this too so it's pretty cool yeah but it's pretty expensive absolutely it's what 12 games 16 games yeah something along those lines but the i guess the novelty of it is you get the full fight pad experience Mm -hmm. you you get the full fight stick essentially if you've been in arcades you know exactly what i'm talking about. You get the classic joy handle and the classic clicky buttons in the layout, and that's cool. But here's the thing. It's $200, 200 and some change. That's a lot. Yeah. Why would you not get an emulator and get a fight stick for, I don't know, maybe 150 bucks? Yeah. Maybe less if you're buying used. Yeah. And that's kind of my thing. I We spoke about this whole retro revolution in consoles and how they're coming back and how Nintendo did it well and how the PS1 not so well. Yeah. And I think this is going to fall in that gray line where your hardcore Capcom people, because my buddy's a hardcore Capcom fan, and he said he does not want it.
0: Is it... I I mean, I get, like, Nintendo doing it, and I get the PlayStation doing it. But is Capcom... I mean, granted, big company, big deal, everybody loves them, but is it kind of a niche thing? Isn't this kind of like an isolated incident with Capcom and kind of how their size and how it Well, looks they've right got now?
1: a lot of properties. They've got, like, Mega Man, of course. You know, a lot of bigger properties, but I just think that this... This market size It's either one A lot bigger than we think Cause you and I have never Like super delved into Capcom like that Or it's a lot smaller than we're assuming it to be It's yeah. gonna be one of those two You know what I'm saying I guess
0: the sales of the thing will tell us huh?
1: I Here's my thing man If it was a hundred bucks I might even be inclined to get it Cause there's some quality games on there that I want Even the Mega Man collections You know Yep. I love Mega Man It's so fucking hard But like <laughs> But two hundred plus dollars Like that's a little bit more than I'd want to justify on something like that absolutely you know yeah I get you and it's like my PC at home currently can emulate all these things so why would I
0: spend the cash when you don't have to
1: I could just buy like a nice fight stick for $70 remember
0: those like those TV plug and play things that would do basically the same thing and it's like well why are we devoting that amount of money
1: to that's what it is essentially right yeah it's just it's a fancy one of those plug and play things. Yeah, it's weird. And um, I think it has Wi-Fi on board too, if I'm not mistaken. But Why? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But we're we're kind of in this weird space. Yeah. I think the next big thing in the retro gaming console market is going to be the GameCube, and I think that's going to sell phenomenally. That'd be yeah, that'd be big. That's going to sell out. That's going to be instantaneously. Yeah, like this out. is the good shit on the, on the GameCube, man. There's a lot of qual- shit, man. Are you kidding me? There's a lot of quality stuff on the GameCube. Monkey
0: Ball and fucking Resident Evil. DoorDash and a not, not DoorDash. Fighters, Mario Dash. Smash
1: Brothers. Well, granted, you can play a lot of these titles on uh, the Switch. Yeah. But still, though, that GameCube experience was was a novelty. Absolutely. And um, and, yeah, a
0: gra- man. and a great remote. Everybody everybody sleeps on the GameCube remote. The, the GameCube remote was absolutely comfortable. It was, comfortable. It was yep. pretty good. Absolutely. Mario Kart. Yeah. Mario
1: Party, the throwback Ooh, ones, because they haven't started. made a good Mario Party in a couple of years. I've now. heard, yeah. Um, shit, what were we talking about? Oh, so how do you think this thing's going to sell? What's your prediction?
0: I think... Um, Capcom may be overestimating their, their 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 customer loyalty. I think it's I think it's gonna do okay, but I, I think it's something that will be get almost immediately price cut.
1: Here's what I think. I think this thing is gonna fly off the shelves first week. And it's gonna be so yeah. all your hardcore buddies are mm-hmm. gonna get, get it immediately mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then it's gonna sit there and idle and waste, and then when Christmas rolls around, $100. it's gonna drop it yeah, 100, 120 bucks. Yep. And that might be worth justifying might Absolutely be, Depending on how much you Like goblins and ghouls And shit like that Gee. That's on there Yeah But 200 man That's
0: yeah, it's a lot That's half a console You could buy an actual console That played You plays. could
1: buy the um, The normal Discless people. Xbox One
0: Dude don't fucking get me started On that shit Interesting oh concept <laughs> That's stupid we're, we're
1: definitely moving forward It's an interesting concept But is it going to work?
0: No, it's not because it's fucking stupid.
1: Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. So this is uh,
0: another highly anticipated thing. This is a big week for me, man. This is a, v- a gigantic week for me as far as like things that I want to see slash play. All right. So this is going to be a full spoiler review. But before we get into the story of uh, this beloved franchise of mine, Mortal Kombat 11, let's get into kind of like my overall thoughts on the game as a whole uh, and mechanics and all that good stuff. So.
1: I think it's needless to say the fighting style mechanics and the shit that goes into the gameplay value of this game is very well polished absolutely it's a mirrored finish on this game, yep, and there's been I don't know maybe a couple of small frame rate things that pissed me off like frame data stuff like small little bullshit things mm-hmm. This is probably the cleanest launch we've seen on a Mortal Kombat game to date yeah, this is well aside from you know like ultimate three. <laughs> Um, where those games couldn't have problems, right? Yeah. Um, the fighting is excellent. Yep. I think that this is also the most strategic, strategic Mortal Kombat we've gotten to date. Yeah. Because especially a lot of the early iterations was get in, get out, repeat. Yeah. And the 3D era was learn your A button combo and fuck them up. Yeah. And then sidestep, and then X was kind of in this weird grayish area where it was smart play, but it wasn't smart in the sense of a smartphone it was like a razor flip phone mm-hmm. and now we've hit the first iphone in what i would like to describe as the mortal Kombat gameplay experience i'm not gonna
0: lie i got a little bit lost in your in your analogy there
1: because <laughs> think about it the razor flip phone was flashy yeah. it was it was concise it was flashy and it was purposeful yeah right everything oh. in it kind of had a purpose but people knew when you had a razor because it didn't look like any other flip phone yeah but now we've gotten to this point where the apple iphone the first iphone veiled mortal Kombat 11 where there's a lot more customization there's a lot more intuitiveness and there's a lot of good things that go into making mk11 okay you feel that in every aspect of the game
0: absolutely so let's talk about it so uh like you say gameplay wise that app plays absolutely phenomenal not as flashy like you mentioned uh it's a little bit more of a thinking men's fighting game as we mentioned in, in previous previous talks about it um I love the roster. I think they picked a great roster. I like the new characters. I can't tell you the last time I really cared about all the new characters like I did in this game.
1: They did a they did a really good job actually. A-
0: every character feels distinct. I told you this that uh, in MK Eleven or MK Eleven MKX, I could basically do well with anybody. Well, learn a couple of the the bread the you know the bread and butter combos and you know you you'll do fine. This one every character plays differently. Everybody has a different feel and that's important uh, because it makes you feel like the choice that you make is important, right? Right now, I'm leading sub because I always go sub first and then I branch off. That's what I do. Um, it, it feels phenomenal. Now, uh, there's a, a couple of aspects that I also want to give them credit for. Their tutorial mode, what they got, is extremely intuitive. It's extremely educational. If you don't know what you're doing, uh, do yeah, you'll do that. And you'll learn. Who the game up. Do that first. And if you're a vet who maybe not so be so crazy about frame data, you'll be educated on that as well. They have a full-blown tutorial on freaking frame data. Like, who would have thought? We would get to the that point. About
1: this, the I believe the MKX tutorial was punch, kick, simple combo, Dash special run. move, x-ray. Yeah. That was it.
0: Yeah. And we got to this point where it's teaching you like the inside and out of these games. I think it's wonderfully done. I think they did a great job. Uh, they also are explaining characters, how each character, like I said, how they're different from each other and how, what moves are safe and what, you know, what these things do and what amplifying it can do and the possibilities with all these characters. Extremely intuitive, beautiful, well done. They did a great job. Um, now, this is where we start to get into some of the more controversial situations. So
1: here's the thing. I'm going to, I got to like preface this. If you enjoy Mortal Kombat for the fighting aspect, by all means, you should get this game. And even if you do look forward to the story, I think you should still get the game because the multiplayer experience, like I said, is a mirror finish. And this is pretty damn close to an ideal Mortal Kombat gaming experience yeah now let's kind of talk about what's crap about this game
0: so uh we got into the story right i played it i finished it i got through it um there's some things i want to talk about sure overall i had fun with it right it was okay it was okay um i think you know (laughs) there's just some little nitpicky things that just don't sit well with me as far as to the start
1: This story felt <laughs> like the writing team was given like a group project, and they mm-hmm. got divided up into like five or six subgroups, mm-hmm. and each group did a piece of the story. But in the end, none of it mattered. Yeah, and that's exactly what the story feels like. Because are we doing this spoiler free, or are we going full
0: S- full spoiler? So if you haven't played the story for Mortal Kombat and Eleven, you care about yeah, and you Mortal care about, about it. Don't listen so, to any further. So here's that. my thing.
1: I We spoke about this lightly. The individual stories were really well done and really well crafted because we got a lot of character in. Um, I particularly liked Kotal Khan's story with Jade. That was phenomenal. He felt like a real fucking character, not yeah. just the Shao Kahn green ripoff, alien ripoff, yeah. off, right? He, yeah. he had character. That was great. Um, Hanzo Hazashi Deng. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. Monumental MK moment. Absolutely. And there was a lot of like. Little itty bitty tidbit stuff like the whole future and past Jacks doing the whole punch thing. There was a lot of good yep. details, absolutely. But I feel like we got so caught up in the details of the story <laughs> that the overarching message or the grandiose of it, like the you know the big picture stuff, was like flushed down the toilet. Yeah, because what this story does is th- this is a retelling of Armageddon. Really, at the end of the day. Because world's in danger, Chronica comes down, and she decides to intervene in the MK2 uh, tournament. and uh, Merge two times, yeah. yeah. Mer- merge, okay. So, essentially what we get is Liu Kang becomes the poster boy again, mm-hmm. which I hate because he's pretty much been it for like the longest. He has the longest running streak. Mm-hmm. Even when he was dead, I feel like he was the poster boy, yeah. you know? But MKX left us on such a somber note. MKX story felt like The Empire Strikes Back. We're like, you don't know what's gonna happen next. Yeah. You know? And and so we thought the combat kids were gonna play a much bigger role in this story.
0: And half of them are not even in the game.
1: And half of them are not even in the game. And it's just this weird feeling I have. Well, essentially, l- let me let me wrap up big picture stuff. If you gave a shit in the past two games, don't. Because it doesn't matter. Because the can the canonical storyline here is that Luke Kang and Katana now shape history however they want it to yeah so we get a retelling of armageddon mk9 that kind of weird in-between era where they go back into the past and they fix everything yeah but the long story short is they can't really fix every little nitpicky thing because humans are greedy outworld is our assholes and they fix most of this shit Mm -hmm. and you said that wraps all the way back around to the original timeline yeah yeah and Dude, I told you it was going to be a total cop out. Yeah, You're speculating for this game.
0: There was uh, there's some, some issues. I mean, obviously, I'm going to talk about the highlights first because, like you said, the Jax thing was incredibly interesting because, as a perfect perspective of a father, right, I understand Jax's mentality and why he joined Chronica Chronica in the first place, right? Because you want better for your kids. You went. Th- he went through enough shit. He decided that he didn't want his daughter to go through that. So he was totally okay with resetting time. I get it, but. Uh, oh, another thing. Sonya, the death of Sonya Blade. Fucking fantastic. Yeah. Beautiful. Well done, right? Uh, Johnny Cage is his story. Like you can see the, the the total contrast between old Johnny and uh, young yeah. Johnny. Wonderful. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah, such a great job with that. Um, like you said, Hanzo's death. Fucking phenomenal. The relationship between Hanzo and Sub-Zero. like They're like best friends. Who ever thought we would ever come across a point in Mortal Kombat storytelling history where Sub-Zero and Scorpion are friends? Fucking mm-hmm. mind-blowing, right? However... I don't like the fact that Luke King's the guy again, again, right? It's it's the easiest fuck. Why? Okay, why is he special? Why is he the chosen one? Somebody tell me why.
1: Because Ed Boon wrote it. So
0: exactly, absolutely. Why? There's no point. Like we don't. I never feel like Luke King rises above Kung Lao ever under any circumstances. Right? It's just because it was written as such. Right. And the Revenant thing. Okay. Oh man. Th- this this was something that irritated me with X. I didn't like the whole Revenant thing. I get it. Right. But it's lazy because the revenants, because it would a good bad guy makes sense. And it pisses you off that he makes sense. Right. You're like, man, he, he makes some good points, but fuck, I don't like him. Right. That's a good bad guy. The revenants don't make sense ever under any circumstances. I, I mentioned this to you earlier in the week. Kung Lao. Kung Lao like, fuck Raiden. Raiden's the reason why I died. Meanwhile, he's siding with Shao Kahn, who's actually the dude who snapped his fucking neck there's just no winning. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense.
1: Well, even then the revenants in a storyboard perspective, it they don't allow for like risks to feel anything cuz like, oh, if he dies he's going to come back as a revenant. Yeah. That was my main complaint with X. Yeah. Like the revenants did, didn't really need to be here. Yeah. You could have had a couple of them. Yeah. Don't resurrect everybody cuz then everybody's safe again.
0: Yeah. Uh what else? There's a couple other things. You know, um another comment Jade, Jade made in the game, right? Jade said to Jax, "Oh man, why well, remember Shiva making quick work of you, bitch? She killed you too. What the fuck are you talking about, <laughs> bitch? People you were are, there. People are you,
1: misremembering, man.
0: <laughs> you you were there. You died. I saw it. Okay. So what the fuck are you talking about? That's number. One. That's another thing. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, half of the other evidence just disappeared. Where's <laughs> where's who? It was we're, just
1: like an X, right? Like in nine, we have the revenant set up, and then it's like, oh, well, Sindel. Oh yeah, she gets a five second little cutscene. Yeah. And then so, what?
0: What happened to Sindel? What happened to Stryker? What happened to um, oh my God, is, uh, who else? Has something in my brain at the moment. Uh, there's a few other ones that's Just uh, like what happened to them? You don't know. I don't know. These things. these People just they disappear. got written off in a side story. Yeah, and um, that type of thing, man. It's just it's so. They have them there just because they want to have the, oh, look at old oh, me, you me kind of a thing, which fine, whatever, but it's lazy. I don't like the whole Revenant thing. I, I've never liked it. And this game just proves it for a while. I don't fucking like it.
1: Even I, then, the way they treated characters like Kenshi and Takeda, how uh, they're just written off on the side. And th- Well,
0: if you, have you seen the crypt?
1: I have not seen the crypt, no.
0: Uh, they actually We actually find uh, Kenshi in the crypt. Oh, yeah. He, he dead AF. He dead AF. They don't explain how, uh, but he's dead. We know, we know that. Um and Irmac uh, same deal, Irmac just flying off a fucking uh, off a fucking uh the pit stage. He's on a spike and you're like, well that's Ermac. and first off he looks great. It's probably the best Ermac's ever looked and he fucking is on a spike and that's the the extent of it. You probably be DLC. That's besides the point, all right. Um however I want to kind of try to go re- reel it around. I I I don't know if I'm just like a I'm so I, if my bias is just like over the top. I don't know. You could tell me, but. Outside of that, there are some good moments. Katana becoming Khan of Outworld. Phenomenal. Fucking dope. Yeah, it doesn't matter, though. You're right. Phenomenal.
1: It was, was, wow. It was one of those moments where I was like, great, now Katana has to beat the shit out of Kotal Khan. And kind of coming back to that, because he really impressed me in this game, he Mm -hmm. was like, no. Yeah, you, you deserve it. Yeah. I'm stepping down as Khan. Yeah. And we got Katana Khan, which was insanity. Like, who saw this coming? You yeah. Know?
0: I like the fact that Baraka kind of turned around and became kind of a gutty eye near the end because at the end
1: of the day, he's all about his survival of his people,
0: right? He, he's kind of in that weird gray zone, too, man. Yeah. Um, he's all about the betterment of his people because that's what a leader does. That's why I liked Baraka in this game as a character. Last game, it was just like, well, he's just a mindless puppet for Melina. And then so he got killed by Devorah. All right. Um, Devorah, I thought, was pretty well fleshed out yeah, i think a lot better uh i like how they gave her tentacles like out and about now as opposed to just having it during her special moves uh, what else what else there's some other uh
1: aaron black's character was holy shit yeah really um, well done
0: yeah that whole thing where um
1: he felt like um like you've ever had like really good like black coffee at five in the morning that's what aaron black's character felt like
0: <laughs> yeah um i like the whole um Story with Kano and the, the two Kano's, that was they were kind yeah, of funny. Ridiculous. Yeah, they were kind of funny. But with that, the the biggest cardinal sin, okay, about this whole thing, the whole story thing and why it just pissed me off. So it is established in the story that if you kill your the younger self, the older self dies, right? Makes sense. Uh they had a situation where Johnny got shot in the face and then he got a scar on his face. He's like, Oh, that's Ricky Like Friday, which is a great line.
1: He's <laughs> like, He shot my
0: face. That whole thing. That was a great thing, right? Kano gets shot in the head, he dies. Makes sense, right? And then even even Sonny's like, oh, the rules, uh, you remind me of the rules. Okay. Then they proceed, like, two chapters later to violate that rule by having Revenant Lu Kang steal current Lu Kang's soul, which should effect- effectively kill himself, because older Lu Kang is dead. Or younger Lu Kang is dead. But he comes Mega Lu Kang. <laughs> and uh essentially what happens is that he merges with Raiden, I guess. They don't really explain how that and why that happened.
1: Raiden gives his god powers to Liu Kang, but, is my understanding of it. But
0: physical Raiden disappears.
1: Right, for for, for that time being. It, I'm not opposed to having Liu Kang as the realm Defender. I don't think it's a terrible idea. I just think that having him as the last resort and the, you know, like the, here's the surprise. Mm-hmm. I think that's the garbage part of it. Because yeah. it makes kind of sense to have him be an Elder God, really, at this point, you know? Yeah. It makes total sense. And now we can take him out of the damn game because he's upstairs with all the other Elder Gods.
0: Absolutely. Um, so that whole thing didn't make any sense to me. It was a big cop-out. Though I will say, kind of that um, precursor to the ultimate battle between the Netherrealm forces and the United Outworld and that whole th- Linkway and all that, that was awesome. A, a lot of the, like in-game cinematics or the game cinematics was fucking awesome like a lot of those fight scenes the really fucking, well done yeah the most epic fucking fist pump of all time when fucking uh the two jacks is fucking fist pump in between the dude's head yeah that like, was nice that was fucking cool uh there's a lot of cool cgi moments especially with like jackie and all that good stuff jackie got a little bit more character in this game too it's fucking, absolutely fucking phenomenal uh it's just the story it
1: like you said at the end of the day
0: it's a fucking it's another reset button
1: it's if you wrote if you poured your heart into like, a paper that you were writing for school and the teacher just took it and shredded it in front of your face, that's exactly what happened in this game. Yeah. And I don't it know. sucks because really, if Liu Kang didn't reset time, I think most of our issues would have been resolved, aside from a couple of smaller plot holes. Yeah. Right? It would make sense and it would be good to take risks. And that's my thing with Mortal Kombat because they used to. They used to make wild, wacky characters like meat that made no fucking sense. They were just like, fuck it, toss them in mocap. Yeah. It, it's a joke. Yeah, but Mortal Kombat used to take risks. Some of them paid off. A lot of them didn't. Yeah, and now so they've become scared. NetherRealm Realm Studio story scared. team yeah. has become of risks. Absolutely. So now we've had three games. The first two stories were pretty good yeah. in, in the grand scheme of things. They were pretty solid. Like I said, small plot holes. But you're gonna get that with games like this. And when everybody has their own ending, you can get fucking plot holes everywhere, right? Yeah. And then this hit the reset button. And I feel like we just got this.
0: Absolutely. Um, so that was part of the problem. another thing that I thought was kind of funny. Because ultimately, what Kronika trying to do is balance, right? She wants to balance the whole universe, right? Meanwhile, she's creating armies of her her little she's army. She's tipping the scales. Yeah, she's tipping the scales towards the side of evil. But like, if she's all about balance, then why is the Black Dragon? Why is Noob Snipey? Why does the, the, the and Why does Frost get her own thing? Why does... Why do all these people get their own fucking squad? Meanwhile, the Earthrealm forces, they're like, well... You it's know. the nine of us. And Not even just that. They take away Raiden. And like her whole thing's like, oh, I want to re- erase Raiden from history, which is like extremely fucking cop-out. Raiden's like, well, I exist outside the fucking laws of time. Why? Since when? Because if you existed outside the laws of time, in nine, you were able to go back in time and tell yourself... You would know exactly what happened and tell exactly what you were supposed yeah, to do. Why didn't
1: he just go back in time again to MK9? And then we could have gotten... NRS could have re released MK9 and profited off of us even more. <laughs> yeah, we're at this kind of weird stalemate. It it's stupid. And it doesn't even make sense because you could have said the Jinsei amulet gave him that. No. Because she runs to before that. Yeah. It's, what the fuck? It, it
0: just doesn't make any sense. And then like, you obviously nine was so focused on this little amulet, this you know, this broken amulet that would continue to break as the courses would go about its way. What Brayden didn't have the amulet on him at all. And we're to believe that this magical amulet I don't
1: think we saw it outside the prologue
0: Yeah, we're to, we're to believe that this magical amulet That Shinnok has is like the source of all evil Why? Don't know, never explained that to us And another thing Like I said, she's all about balance, right? So she has Centurion who is like the the, the the virtue in life And Shinnok, who is her brother, I guess Is supposed to be death and destruction Fair enough, alright? If those are the balances you can't have one without the other, fine But here's the problem Shinnok de- is dead, right? When Centrion dies, the world's balanced. Yeah. Mission accomplished.
1: She got in way over her head. And it was, I think some of the end stories explain that, like, the sands of time corrupt people. And I think that's kind of what came to be with Chronica, which is okay as an explanation. But that's really it. But it, it
0: makes sense if it's somebody who exists. who. It was Exist. not in that position. Always. Yeah, it was not always in that position. It doesn't make any sense when somebody who is literally their sole purpose is to create this thing or is to be the keeper of these things. And it just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense. And then they go about this has happened multiple times. And at the end of the day, it's always Luke Kane versus Raiden. And this is the problem. And this is why we always fail. Or This wha-la. feels
1: like the DC hard reset on the new 52. It didn't really need to be there and that's it that's what it is it it serves no purpose other than hey in the next game we could do something different whereas opposed to having a better contingent storyline between multiple games and i just dude it just feels like a cop-out it honest to god does at the end of the day because how are you going to continue this story Mk9 set it up or I'm sorry MKX set up this crazy like oh my God what the fuck's gonna happen Raiden's evil and now this game said nah, n- 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 yeah like, n- for n- like 20 n- n- minutes n- n- and then
0: yeah there's that and another rule about the whole time thing and the gods and how they apply outside of it. so Raiden lives outside of the laws of time but the elder gods don't they died they were killed, which we didn't see. Weird to believe that the other gods got killed. They Don't they exist outside the laws of time too? Aren't they, aren't elder gods? What's the special about Raiden? Historically more powerful than normal gods, right? I mean, there's just some stuff in there. It just didn't make and any then if fucking he, sense.
1: W- at what point was this decided that he exists outside the laws of time? Because if that was so...
0: Like I said, 9 9 wouldn't have been a thing. He would go back in time as himself and change the course of history then as opposed to giving himself subtle hints with these fucking visions right? that don't really equate.
1: Scratch that. Even if he didn't have the ability to time travel, Raiden would just be stuck in this infinite loop of plow through original timeline, send himself back, second timeline, plow through chronica, rinse and repeat. It would just be a consistent loop of Raiden going back in time to say, don't fuck up. And it doesn't make any sense. It's a, it's literally an infinite loop between the three times. You just jump through three of them. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I don't know, man. This is. Still... It's
1: um the story was honestly like a C minus because <laughs> the all the good redeeming stuff in the story. And there was a nice chunk of it. There really was
0: if the fr- frost being in it was fucking dope. Like a lot oh, of
1: Cyberlink quakeland Phenomenal. Yeah. That's was... that probably the coolest choice they've made since including Cyrax and sector in the game. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Phenomenal choice Like I said Kotal Jade Great storyline Shao Kahn got a lot more personality He just doesn't You know He's not Kurt Angle anymore You <laughs> suck throwing a beer at you Well It's a hammer in this case Yeah A lot of these characters Felt fleshed out All the Mini stories yeah, leading up To the a, big one Were so good That's man. so weird isn't it, it felt like Everything Mortal Kombat Has come up to At this point Yeah And it felt like a good Culmination of Like you said Scorpion, Sub-Zero Who thought they'd be friends now You know and it's not even the first iterations of either character. It's not a, it's not a Hebo or he he. Uh, behan. behan There we go. I always get the two letters mixed. It's not even behan or the first iteration, <laughs> of Hansen, You know, it's like the second wave of Scorpion and Sub Zero that are mis- correcting the mistakes of their ancestors. Really, you know. And it's so beautiful the storyline and going through it, but it doesn't matter. None of it matters. Yeah. And that is garbage.
0: Yeah, and you think somebody who was able, like Kronika, for example, who was able to bring back Shao Kahn and all these people, why don't you just bring back Shinnok? Why not just prevent the death of Shinnok and allow time to continue to roll on? Because, like, if if he if it's so important that Sentry and Shinnok exist, why don't we just go to the point where Shinnok dies and fix that, and just have them
1: because they defeat him again.
0: Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't know.
1: You know, but that's flawed logic. Really. And her.
0: And her Chronica as a villain she's not intimidating at all in any way shape or form she looks like a fucking creepy child half the time when she got her stupid smile on her fucking face as a villain don't like her
1: why not rewind time back to deadly alliance and prevent luke kang from being killed right because that's what shifted outworld that's what tipped outworld into the favor and then you could have prevented the original armageddon yeah. Right? Why not just go back to the very first thing that fucked shit up? Because MK mm-hmm. one two three Earthrealm all won. yeah, and then I can four. four so one, that's two, three, four, four tournaments one two three four, and then Deadly Alliance is when Outworld started pushing back and they started playing dirty. What, Why not? But isn't in that, that balance though? Like, doesn't he have to? Like it's it, it, and also right. But because Liu Kang died, we Onaga came back, and Blaze came back, and then Armageddon. So evil eventually won. Why not just not kill Liu Kang and keep the balance, keep the struggle going? You know?
0: The ultimate tug of war.
1: The ultimate tug of war. They some you know, some years they win, other years they win. I don't know. You know? I don't get it. And it sucks. <laughs> Although I will say this a lot of the individual character tower endings are really good. Yeah. I would say a good chunk of them are really good. The ones that stood out to me, Johnny, Jackie, Aaron, Kano was fucking great. Mm-hmm. A lot of those were fucking phenomenal endings.
0: I liked uh, Sonia. Sonia's was fucking great too.
1: Oh yeah, the I thought the artwork for that. He, yeah. She essentially beats the shit out of Cthulhu. Really, <laughs> but those those were great, and I think those were redeeming for a lot of the characters. Like I, I texted you. I was like, dude, my parents did not sign this permission slip for this field strip for Jackie's fucking thing. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> you know this game's brutal, but that was devastating. Yeah,
0: no, she's like goodbye, dad, and it's just so sad. Oh yeah. man. she she made a good point though. But ultimately, like that puts Jackie like. Up there as far as like good character stories, good character stories and good, good, like good guys, because ultimately she put herself aside for the betterment of her father. Yeah, really. And it makes her like one of the best good guys of the whole franchise. And who would have thought after X that we would be saying that Jackie Briggs is potentially one of the best good guys we have. You know what I mean? Who thought that? Insanity. Yeah, that and fucking I get it. People didn't like Cassie being the winner at the end. I fucking love Cassie. And she was just kind of pushed to the side at near the end. I, she was I, such a minor character. I, it pisses it, it me felt, off.
1: <laughs> it felt like she would be the new face of the game. Absolutely. The new Luke Kang, the new poster kid. And I was ready for that transition. I was me fully too. embraced for her because she was the main character of, Nine, or yeah, uh, X. of X. I'm sorry. Yeah. And that didn't happen. And <laughs> instead we reverted back to... Uh,
0: and not, not only did we just revert back to that, but... She's the first character you play in the story, and then she... I mean, they have some good moments with her and her mom, but by the final act, all the cages are gone. Where's Sonya in the final act? Where's Johnny in the final act? Where's Cassie? Nowhere to be found. Well, Cassie's shooting people, but, you know...
1: That's a cop-out. Yeah. Are you kidding me?
0: They should have had, like, a situation where maybe I would even accept the multiple champions from multiple tournaments coming together. Like, will they all merge into like one Epic being where it would be like nine Luke Haynes and a Cassie. You know what I mean? And, uh, I don't know, dude. I mean, there's just, some... they could
1: have had a really good story moment where the cages get surrounded by outworld forces and they got to work together. Yeah. You know, that would have been total fan tribute, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, dude. Listen, I think the final verdict we've ranted for this for like a good, actually, I now. do have something else to adjust that yeah, yeah, after the story. Well, right, the, thor- the, the gear,
0: yeah, this is another area of contention for the game.
1: So we feel strongly about the story, and we hate it. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> we we Not the individual pieces, the, the sum of the parts. The
0: sum of the, it's Because like you said, you, you nailed it on the head. These individual stories are just so much fun to play through, but by the end, you're like, oh, who cares, because oh, it's just a reset. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So let's talk about the gear.
1: Yeah. So It's
0: rough. It, it's, it's an issue. It's a severe issue, okay?
1: And it's supposedly being addressed by... Nether Netherrealm, and Warner Brothers. Yeah. But the way it's presented currently upon launch, it's clearly made for you to spend your money. You had a chat with our buddy, Mr. Parker, right before we rolled this thing. Hey, man, how do I unlock new skins? Well, it just kind of happens. Yeah. You got to grind for them crystals. Yeah. And it's, it's really rough, dude. These skins are in no way, shape, or form easily accessible. I saw a
0: couple of things about it. Somebody's like, this game looked like it was designed for loot boxes. And then last minute they decided to rip them out and didn't have a real way of replacing them. I do see that, but there's, uh, there's two trains of thought with this. In the last Mortal Kombat game, people complained that you were able to unlock the crib of 20 bucks, right? People complained about it. I think it was 30, but yeah. Yeah. People, but you got everything. Yeah. People had issue with that. So ultimately this is the problem. People don't like the fact that you got to grind for this stuff. People want all their stuff immediately. Meanwhile, Those are the same people who complain that they were able to buy the whole crypt. So there's no winning with that. However, I do agree with the fact that these things take too long to earn. They need to make it more accessible. The Tower of Times are garbage right now. They're too difficult. Let me tell you something. There's a fucking... A lot of these towers have multipliers on them or modifiers.
1: That you need high-level gear for.
0: It's not even just that. It's... These modifiers make... Don't make... Make the game unplayable. Because... It's not fun. It stops being fun when you have something projecting you to the other side of the screen because the modifier says it does. Uh, fucking, I was getting hit with sector missiles fucking constantly. Every four seconds, those things re- fucking regenerate. They, uh, dude, there's just, as far as the, the gear aspect of it, they need to do a lot of fucking work because that, I, that, honestly, oh, man. honestly, Gabe. It's unplayable. Towers it, are unplayable. It's not even just that. I think I prefer the loot boxes. That's pretty, and that's coming from you. Me, coming from me. I prefer to get random shit that I know at least I'm gonna get something cool. Cause like in the gold, lo- the gold loot boxes, the mother boxes, and fucking uh, injustice, you know you're gonna get something cool at least. Here, some 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 of the chests, cause I let my wife go through the crypt because it gives me a headache. It like it, it gives me motion sickness because it's so fucking wonky with the way you turn and shit. I let my wife go through it. There's coins or there's chests that cost like 11,000 uh, 11, coins. They don't give you shit. They give you consumables. It's it's a very like mobiley, mobile kind of vibe to a AAA title that they like. I said I felt like they wanted to have loot boxes. The whole thing with fucking uh, Battlefront happened, and people were like, "Okay, no loot boxes, moving forward." And they didn't have a real way to replace. I don't even them.
1: think it was Battlefront. I think people realized what the fuck was going on with this game, and it, somebody brought it up on Combat Cast, and Edwin was like, "Oh wait," mm-hmm. and I don't know. It, it's really janky right now. Yeah. That said, ranked matches are in its kind of own playing field right now, anything to do with gear, time towers, daily towers, just challenges. Oh, it's pretty rough.
0: Yeah, it's rough. It uh, is really rough. Yeah. And
1: I I, th- I told you, I expressed my worries about this whole loop box situation and the gear thing. And I hate to say it, but I think a lot of what I said came true. Yeah. At least for the time being on launch, this shit is rough around the edges, like severely <laughs> like fucking cut your fingers rough.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's just, they just, it's like, well, fine. You're just going to replace, that with grinding and granted you can't spend money on stuff but there's there's no direct path to the shit that you want no because like usually if it's not in the the store that refreshes right they have like a new set set of gear a set of five for random people for eight every eight hours or whatever if you like i want that skin i would be more appreciative if they just let me buy it straight up
1: if you just spent the three bucks on the skin hands out i'd rather i'd rather do that do it like smite does it uh, there you... Do people not realize that Smite has arguably one of the best systems for this stuff?
0: I don't. I guess not. I don't if know. you
1: can't outright buy your s- seasonal or lower level skin in the character page, your loot box tells you the odds of getting it, and there's no duplicates. Yeah.
0: I don't know, man. It's just the way around it. It's just. It's ridiculous. It's they haven't decided what they're gonna do yet. And basically, what their answer is like, well, we're just going to increase the amount of uh, coins you get and stuff like that. Amount of currency doesn't solve the big issue because there's fucking four types of currency in this game. There's the stupid fucking coins. There's the souls, the soul fragments, the hearts, the hearts, Uh which are hard to get. You only get one for every fatality, and it takes three hundred to open up a chest. Do do that math, and the time crystals, and the time crystals. Every level that you, every level up, you get some coins or some some crystals. (sighs) They have to figure out what they're gonna do with, and they better figure out soon because everybody's saying, "Oh my god, it feels so good! One of the best feeling Mortal Kombat's of all time." But this exists, and that's a problem. So that's like that. That's that's why this game is kind of getting slapped around a little bit on like Reddit and shit like that because people
1: are upset. There's this game is a a box of mixed stuff. Yeah, you don't know whether you're gonna pull out some cute ass cat or you're gonna get stung by a fucking viper or some shit in there. <laughs> you know, and it's really unfortunate because. We said the gameplay is great. Keep yep. it simple. I said keep the cosmetics as fucking cosmetics because you can't go wrong with that. Because at the end of the day, if you can't get a cosmetic, then you either buy it or you say, fuck it, it's not really worth it. Mm-hmm. It's not worth that grind. Yep. And that's fine. I don't
0: but, think I don't think I have any augments at all, by the way. Because they're like, oh, okay. How well, many hours
1: you got in it? Like 12?
0: Probably, yeah. I this ridiculous. I beat the story. It took me like four hours to do that. I've been playing online a little bit, been in the, the, the lab a lot. I haven't got any augments for anybody. That's ridiculous. I, yeah. And like the whole thing, like, well, the augments were meant to help you through the tower. I'm okay with that, but you have to give them out. <laughs> you can't just fucking keep them to yourself and be like, well, good luck at the towers. Meanwhile, here's a fucking sector, a sector mister, a Cyrex bomb, sub zero's throwing a fucking frost at you. Oh, yeah. And my personal favorite, this is fucking one that I came across last night, is if the, play, if the opposing player's on the ground, it like s- charges this earthquake thing that does damage. So. What the fuck yeah. is that? So you have to like jump at the right time even when you don't want to. And by the way, this is Noob Saibot, who has probably the best anti-air in the fucking game. You try jumping with that. Yeah. Poof! Combo. You're uh, in trouble.
1: Here's the thing with those modifiers. They were fun if you were bored in MKX. Absolutely. They were fun if you wanted some dumb shit to do with your buddies. Mm-hmm. Or if you were playing one of those like Christmas Easter towers. You know, those like, event towers that like, hey, we don't do this all the time. But this is like a modified tower. Play through it. Have fun. Yeah. That was fun. Because it wasn't in your face every time, and even with the towers, you got your option of daily, weekly, monthly challenge tower. Yeah, right. You had a way out if you didn't want to do that for the skin, the card, whatever the fuck it was, you got mm-hmm. right. But this is just so in your face, blatant, ridiculous that it's like, well, can we not play World Combat without these modifiers? Now it feels like that's just the way they're pushing it,
0: and it breaks the game. It's one thing if the modifiers added a layer. There's this shit. Some of the shit's flat out unplayable.
1: Yeah, I hate. I fucking hate the Cyrex bombs. Um, and this is just some of the garbage from X. Sometimes there'd be Sub-Zero shit, that, you know, the Frostballs that come out. Um, the
0: fucking reptile bloop, the gloop thingies. Oh, God, dude. It's just... there's just It's some, rough. It's, yeah. It really is rough. So, I honestly, I'd rather... this with the, with the towers and the rotating towers, I'd rather have a system like Injustice where the person just has a shit ton of health. Beat them. You have your normal health. They have... Six times the help of you, just beat them. I'd rather have it be like that than having these stupid fucking constant modifiers that just play out.
1: Sucks. And it most importantly, it takes away the validity of a tower. Because when you saw the leaderboards for the tower and you saw how many points they accumulated, how long it took them, you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. And it felt like I need to come close to that number, whatever it is that they got. But now it's like, well, they probably got lucky. Yeah. They probably got much better modifiers or those modifiers work better in their favor.
0: Yep. Easier to deal with. I don't know, dude. So, overall, I mean, as as a game, game gameplay, it's a fucking A. But with a lot of the the story, like you said, like a C at best, and with some of the decisions that they made, it's like a D. I don't know, dude. I I don't have a grade for it yet. I'm gonna continue to play. Uh, I love the online. It's fucking silky smooth. Feels fucking fantastic. Did a great job with it. Uh, It's just there's a lot of the extra stuff that's making it very difficult. To deal with this game, what happened to the situation where you were able to do your classic tower and get a skin? Doesn't have to be the nicest skin in the world, but something. You don't even get anything it was a reward. reward. Yeah, well, you don't even get anything for completing your classic tower to tower with a character anymore. Like, what the I mean, fuck yeah, is their ending? But yeah. I
1: guess that's nothing. Thirty seconds on yeah, YouTube can't. YouTube
0: fixed fix that. Yeah, and I don't know, dude. This is there's some stuff in there that I wish they would fix. But I think we long, went along went on along enough about this.
1: It was a big release. It really was. Yeah, and so I think. The longevity of this game is not going to be dependent on necessarily the fighting mechanics or the content. I think it's going to be how NRS and Warner Brothers addresses these crippling issues, honestly, yeah. because easy fatalities and MKX were on the surface a good idea, really a cop-out because if you're playing MKX and you're pulling off fatalities, you, you got to learn it. Yeah. And the whole crip thing, I didn't like it, but... On one facet, if you don't got that time, drop 30 bucks, man. You know, on the other hand, if you do got the time, just grind through it. It's not like it's random. If you want something specific, the crip fucking layout came out like two weeks later. Just wait.
0: Yeah, but it's all randomized now.
1: But it's all randomized now. It's not like anything matters. Yeah. And it was a good Mortal Kombat release, but it was a bad Mortal Kombat release. And that's what it feels like. Maybe we need to send a message to our past selves from 10 years ago to warn us what's going to happen with MKL. How about
0: we just say fuck it and get Chronica's thing and just reset the timeline all together so Mortal Kombat doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: well, well wait, hang on. Want that erase us?
0: <laughs> yes, me at least. Moving on. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is you.
1: That being said, though, if you, if you enjoy Mortal Kombat, you should get it for the gameplay. Um,
0: Don't expect to get any skins. It's not going to fucking happen.
1: Honestly, dude. <laughs> when September rolls around... Forty bucks. That's what my prediction is. It's at fifty right now. Was that fifty right now?
0: Amazon got it at fifty right now. They got. uh, I guess they they matched the deal online. So if you wanted to get it for fifty, you can get it for fifty right now. Yeah,
1: man. Maybe maybe wait a bit. Yeah. Maybe wait a bit. And that's without even going into the issues that the Nintendo Switch had.
0: Oh, I had issues. I didn't know. Had a
1: lot of issues, buddy. You need to be connected to the internet at all times to ever earn anything in game.
0: Oh, that's so fucking true. what
1: what is what is the Switch known for?
0: Fucking mobile. Yeah dude i didn't even fucking think and about that thing that. runs
1: at 30 frames per second imagine your frame data and your i'm not saying you're gonna have input lag you're gonna have some weird fucking frame data though because this oh. runs at 60 fps and if you have 60 frames running at the game per second imagine your startup and your cooldown frame data imagine how that's going to translate into 30 fps that's not made to do that and that's not even talking about graphical like fidelities you know which is fine we expect that but there's a lot of shit Oh man, right I know.
0: F- because fuck it, every time you open up a chest, it, bo- it connects us to the server to spit mm-hmm. out your spit out your reward. If you're not connected to it, then what the fuck are you spending money on? Oh god, I didn't even think about that. Whole new world of pain, my friend. Fuck that. Moving Whole along. New world of pain. Moving Let's along. Fuck
1: some uh, R6. I think you put this on here. Did you? No. Did I put this on here? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's Rainbow good game. Six. Rainbow Six. We've been kind of getting back into it, which is nice. I feel like a uh breather was much needed because i mean there was a time in this podcast last year where we talked about it every week and how became, much we love ubisoft
0: it became the 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 mortal Kombat of last year was basically yeah. this game
1: um well we took a little break from it came back to it with the two new operators and the new map uh new maps fun i got a little bit lost but shit man you got to get lost in rainbow six to find your way really absolutely mozzie and gridlock dude, are great dude,
0: i still get lost in the fucking old map sometimes dude
1: <laughs> what but the fuck Wait, it's is that? this kind of mentality of coming back to this game that has a high skill curve when you haven't played it in a while, you know, you feel brand new again. And Absolutely. that was kind of that was a little thrilling, honestly, because I was Absolutely. like, oh, I know this map. But can I remember all my inputs and can I be quick enough and shit like that? Absolutely. And they've been doing a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, they're great. Um, right. I mean, we'll get back to you. I, I don't know why I put this on here, honestly. Uh, <laughs> all right. So here's another big thing I want to cover. It's episode 115, 115. Um, it, 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 this would have worked so beautifully last weekend because Jesus was a zombie and we're going to talk about Call of Duty Zombies and in the grand scheme of things so i just wanted to take a moment um you know we have our thoughts and shit about call of duty but in the 10 years ago when nazi zombies became kind of the forefront of the call of duty community it was something genuinely new interesting innovative and i just want to spend a little time talking about it when was the first time you seriously dove into the nazi zombie thing
0: um like seriously i mean i think we all played it at world at war because it was fun um, but as far as the thing taking its life is on its own, where I actually remember having like a ton of fun with it was, uh, five, five was
1: five. You didn't like, Kino.
0: Kino was cool. I, I liked Kino. I liked the aesthetic of it. That was the thing was fucking phenomenal, but I-, I have the most fond memories on five. I don't know why I think because of the fucking box being in the president's room. I don't know what it was about five, but. As far as, like, um, kind of realizing that this thing is kind of a big uh, story and a lot of lore behind it, was five, I think, was probably the biggest. I got biggest you. Moment.
1: Yeah, well, same game. Um, for me, it was Kino because um, when I first started playing Kino, me and my buddies, it was like, oh, cool, zombies, blah, blah, blah. But then you started seeing people post, like, YouTube videos of, like, oh, well, you get the tape in the one room when you teleport out of the, you know, the projection room, and then you plop it on there and starts playing the story. or are like, hey. You know, pick up a sniper and then shoot this weird trash can way off in the distance that you can't reach, and it'll play a, a thing. And I was like, there's a lot going on here. You know, it's not the whole simple, like, veruk thing where it's four soldiers locked in, blah, blah, blah. It, it's like trying to be uh this big thing. You know, this the story of the map was bigger than the map itself. That makes Absolutely. Sense. And it was this kind of beautiful realization that me and my buddies came into after kind of piecing everything together that we're like, I think we have something here. I think they're trying to make this mainstream. They're trying to mainline some zombies right now. It was really cool, man. And you nailed it on the head. The aesthetic of Kino was so spot on perfect that I loved it. We would play that, map for hours on end. It was phenomenal. I remember this one time we were playing, and we beat our record. We were at at 39. We were about to beat it. We were going to roll into 40, and my buddy's like, on the other end arguing with his mom over some dumb shit. Like he hit his little brother or whatever, oh, blah, blah, no. blah, right? She's like yelling at him. He's like, mom, I'm playing the bears. And so I got the one crawler left, you know, so we could go get whatever we need to get. And um, I hear him cut out and I was like, hey, buddy, oh. hey, buddy. And then it pops up on the screen disconnected. And I was like, no. And he texts me. He's like, my mom ripped the Xbox out of the wall. <laughs> and we were one level away from beating like our personal records, you know, but. There's a lot of fun memories that come out of it. And every once in a while, I'll go back and reread, uh, re-listen to the zombie story online because it's fascinating, you know? Yeah. And they do time travel in this sort of interesting way where there's three different groups going through this one massive timeline. And it's just super interesting. And, and I love what they've crafted. What what,
0: what, are they, what are they called? They're called like there's three different groups. And what are they called? They're called the uh, shits. Because it's like the same group of people from different time periods. Yeah. Um, what are they called? Because the, oh, I, 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 I watched it one time, too. I'm like, I'm confused. But like there's like a lot of good shit in there, man. Like like you said, there's a lot of lore and you could dig into stuff like that. And I like lore that you don't necessarily have that doesn't beat you over the head that you do a little bit of digging for. Now there's the polar end of the spectrum where it's like Destiny where none of the lore is up front and you have to do dig all, all of it.
1: Well Dark Souls is the same way and I loved all that stuff. Absolutely. But it's the the beauty of this lore for me is that it all makes sense and it wraps around. I love stories that one follow their own rules. Two, that in the grand scheme of things, it makes sense. And three, it, man, dude, it, three is like a combination of the first two things I just said. But I just love how they're in this like rubber band of time mm-hmm. where it's like they can get to a point and sometimes they change things and the rubber band stretches a little bit. But at the end, they're still going to loop around the same rubber band. And yeah. that's just so beautiful to me because they're in this endless cycle, blah, blah, blah.
0: And it, and it, that's represented by the fact that a lot of those maps Come back yeah, around. Yeah, they come back around. Like and in Revelations. Yeah, and, stuff. and then and it expands like you're able to go outside of the jail and shit like that Uh, on Alcatraz and all that good stuff. Lots like good stuff. It wraps ball back around. Um, and like with the whole Coliseum thing with the new one and the Titanic thing, which is fucking phenomenal. Yeah,
1: the new story is pretty solid, and I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah,
0: and how it connects with uh, like uh, Shadows of Evil and how that ma- aesthetically fucking phenomenal. Yep. I'm not the biggest zombie fan in the world. Um. Uh, it was one of those situations where I was like, ah, man, well, I got, like, 30 minutes. I don't really want to fucking play the pub stomp no more. Let's just fucking hop in some zombies and shoot until it's time for me to go. All right, cool. And then we would do that and for, like, a couple hours or so and then, you know, go to bed. All right, that was fun. Night. And then you were just like, you know what? Uh, like We'll go until I die. Okay. Fucking 20, 30. Forty, you're like yeah, oh. and
1: then when you're not trying, you hit a new record. You're like, oh, yeah, oh like,
0: we got to keep going. Oh shit, you just keep going, and then it's like three o'clock in the morning, and then finally your buddy gets down. You're like, fuck, and you're like, all right, guys, see. that's it, no yeah. See you guys. See there's something really
1: beautiful about the way those early maps those early levels were just so well balanced. Like on Kino, you had the Olympia where it's like, well, do I spend a little extra money now and hold out in here for an extra two levels? Or do we, you know, like, like when we had our shit down, we had a system. We always got the top right door when you're looking towards the theater and we just loop our way around the map like that. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, dude, level four, we book it. And then we hold it down in the next room with the stairs and the MP40. We hold it down there until, like, level 7. Then we book it, and then we hold it down on stage until, like, level 12 or until we can afford Jug, flip on the power, grab Jug, and then we start training. And, you know, it was, like, this beautiful thing that we had going. And Ascension 2, that we added, like, this whole schematic for Ascension. And it was just genuinely a lot of fun, and it sucks to see that maybe I'm not in there anymore, you know, because we have our reservations about the new Call of Duty but I think when we talk about what got you into Call of Duty, I think a lot of these younger kids are going to say, "Well, my older brother or my cousin or my uncle, whatever, they played zombies, and then when they needed a second player, I'd hop in, and we yeah. played zombies, and now you know I'm out here buying the yearly cycle."
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I think it it did nothing but wonderful things for the franchise as a whole because it gave another set of people who may not have been interested in the cooperative or the competitive shooter. And it gave them something else to do, something a little, little. I don't want to say less serious, but something not something a little different. Yeah, something a little bit different, a little different flavor. And uh, something that people were able to dedicate them. So there is fucking channels dedicated to strictly zombies uh, yeah. on YouTube. There still are, man. Yeah, Syndicate comes to mind. Like, these guys just fucking, all they did was zombies. Like And not, like, not that they couldn't play competitively, but they just enjoyed kind of the, the strategy. and They
1: enjoyed the, the discovery, the the new stuff that they could find in the world yeah, of zombies. New th- strats, new this think, and that. Think about
0: Shangri-La, like how intricate that was and how many fucking different things they had going on man, in the background. You know what I tell? thought it was
1: intricate? I thought the getting the song in a keynote was intricate before everybody knew how to do it because mm-hmm. it's this big mystery it's like well i heard the meow. what now yeah you know but entering the phones on fucking five and all that um i think really uh, we can sum this up in one sentence i think it says a lot when both of us really i didn't expect you to keep up on this nazi zombie timeline but i think it says a lot when we're not going out and buying these games even if it's by the developer that does the mainline zombie storyline but we're keeping up with the story on the side. Yeah. I think that says a lot. I, th-
0: I Honestly, I think the most refreshing thing about the zombies recently was the World at War zombies because it was just so fucking brutal. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I had the jump scare and shit like that, and I liked it. I mean, I didn't dedicate a whole lot of time to it. I didn't dedicate a whole lot of time to World at War – or what's it called? World War Two in yeah. general. But, um, I mean, I'm glad. Like I said, I think it's done nothing but good things for the franchise because it just added a different element and something that you could look at and have fun with. And I think that's the most important thing about these things because – you know that's why DLC exists. You know eventually you get tired of the maps, you get tired of the guns, and you want to try something new. So instead of buying another game and playing that, they're like, well here, fuck it, here have another zombie map, have another gun, have another map, and keep playing.
1: Yep, and that was um, like I said, man. A lot of those early zombie maps. I had a buddy in high school who would literally stay home the Friday release of every new zombie map. He his mom would call him in sick. And he's not coming in. We'd be like, hey, where's Jordan? And we're like, oh yeah, the the Call of Duty, the Annihilation DLC dropped today. And I was like, "Yep, he's at home. He's probably got a beat already." <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So yeah, we there's a lot of dedicated people out there, man. And I just want to take some time to kind of relive our past because that's been going on since World at War, which is 2010. So nine years, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think it's more than that, dude. Ten years. When was World
0: at Let's, War? Let me go. Let me go get it. Hit the Google machine. Hold on. Hit that. Google it had to machine. be like 2008, dude. It had to be oh, right. Oh man. Hold on. He's googling it. He's, googling it. he's googling it. Because like, when did um? Black Ops one come out was that two thousand ten? When did COD four come out?
1: That was two thousand eight. COD four was two thousand eight. No,
0: that's no, not the fucking game. Hello, hold on, sorry. Two thousand eight, World at War came out.
1: Two thousand eight, World at War came out. So COD four was two
0: thousand
1: seven. Yeah. So yeah, eleven years of. Zombie greatness that we've had and you know, we've had our high points like just the whole kino ascension five thing We described and mm. a lot of the black ops 2 maps were great and the one the giant was great And we've had our low points with like the infinite war zombies where the storyline wasn't so cohesive But
0: Nuke town was a little a little eh too. Yeah,
1: but you know what that comes with trial and error and I just like I said I just want to take 10 minutes. Well
0: first off. Can we talk about moon? moon was yeah, moon fucking was brutal yeah moon moon was yeah Bru- yeah. yeah anyway so yeah. Uh, fucking call the dead hello <laughs> you know what i mean oh it was george romero yeah yeah. That was phenomenal too. yeah so that was a little uh, little type talk about that cool. that was fun
1: um so two weeks ago we mentioned that we got a little game coming up for you i think we're gonna have some fun with this did you come up with any games? uh
0: I, what did i fucking there was two or three that i came up with let me think you can All do right, yours so, so,
1: so here's the game we're coming up with title predictions for the new As I Lay Dying album. And the joke was that there seems to be a pattern in these songs. <laughs> and so here's mine. Okay. Uh, it's a variation. These two are a variation of the same thing. So either A, a new man, or B, a new beginning. <laughs> okay. No, no.
0: That's fair. Uh, what was I called? What was it said? Uh, I saw something like Forgiven. Forgiven. If I, if I think they already have a song called Forgiven, if I remember correctly. Um. What is it? Fucking shit. Uh, Redemption. I'm sure that's going to be a fucking song along the way. Uh, and uh, I found Jesus again. No, no. I found Jesus <laughs> again. So it's brutal. brutal. Uh, but yeah, man. Because, you know, obviously being what it is. If
1: they were like a more, uh, like a less traditional metalcore band, I, I you could probably fit like weird wacky song titles in there. Like never trust your gym partner because he's trying to steal your gains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man Or uh, never find a hitman out of Craigslist or something like that Some type of shit like that
1: Oh man yeah maybe if they were a tech attack Yeah right Good stuff So we got uh, two topics for the music stuff We do First of all um, A lot of things I really enjoy turn 20 this year And so this is another one of those things where I'm going to take five minutes to talk about this What does
0: LB mean Gabe?
1: <sighs> You're about to find out. I'm gonna I'm going to rant about this a little bit So 20 years ago on April 19th 1999 One of the greatest songs ever came out and there's just this whirlwind fire force of saxophone, drumline, bassline, and just this rhythmic beauty that came out of LB. And it, it still son- astonishes me because this song holds its ground even to the day. And it's one of those things where maybe we didn't appreciate it for the time being, and maybe we don't appreciate it now. And, you know, Jacob's over there smiling. What are you smiling about? What, what,
0: is, what are you talking about? Gabe? I'm, of
1: course, talking about Mambo Number no. 5 by Lou Bega. <laughs> It came out April 19th 1999 the whirlwind triumphant force by grand daddy master Lubega, and I thought it was fitting man I thought it was fitting because we didn't run it last week but better late than never you know that came on in the car I was like when did this come out and it was like April 18th and, and the thing said April 19th 1999 I was like oh shit we should probably talk about this uh, uh, Think about it, we got a regular version and a Disney version what other songs can you say that for? Stick Stickly? No. <laughs> Son of a bitch, Gabe. That was fucking
0: <laughs> stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself.
1: I'm very proud of myself, actually.
0: <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay, I'm like, you know, it's going to be one of two things. I'm like this is gonna be something ridiculous, that it's gonna be way out, out left field, which where you where you went Or I'm like, which yes, yeah. I'm like, or is this Limb Biscuit? I'm like, I wonder. And then you're like, 1999. I'm like, oh shit, he's going Limb Biscuit, isn't he? No, no? okay, good, 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 good. Going
1: limb biscuit. Um, we have this thing. Me and my buddy Ahmad. Um, we would play Infinite Warfare uh, multiplayer because we found some joy in that. You know, as uh, as it was in his dying throws really. But we had this theory where if we just had Mambo Number no. Five on a repeat for the whole time we played. We'd do better And I shit you not We went from like Negative KDs To like Two 3.0 KDs In I don't know Maybe like five or six loops Of the song We just kept it on all night <laughs> It's the trumpet bro It's I, the trumpet I know
0: for a fact That Ponce Fucking loves that song He would talk about it Like ra- <laughs> like Randomly He would bring it up And like Cause like Ponce was always Like a nice guy He always let me have Control of the radio When he would give me a ride Cause he's just that kind of guy And I'm like Ponce what's your favorite song Like one day he's like uh, Mambo 5 I'm like <laughs> Fucking, I'm like, you can't be serious. He's like, no, dude, I, I really do like it, bro. He's like, uh, yeah, I just like the fact that, you know, he's talking about all these girls and stuff. I'm like, Ponce, stop it. <laughs> so the fact that you made like immediately I thought of Ponce because, <sighs> but let it sink in though. It's been 20 years since that song released. I, I, I'm gonna break your heart with this game and saying that the Mambo 5 did not have the same profound impact on my life as it probably did on yours. Okay.
1: That's fine. <laughs> it was always on those uh like Disney VHS previews though. Oh the movie started. No, you're right. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I
0: do want to talk about that list that you you talked about earlier this week. What list? The Slipknot list. Do you have it? Mm. Oh, somewhere. Um,
1: oh a, man, where so, did that thing go?
0: I don't know. So as you dig it up, I'm gonna kind of describe. So basically, was it a, uh, a magazine or?
1: It was a yeah. It was I think Rockfeed that did it.
0: Yeah. So uh, a, a music website basically took all all the
1: songs in the Slipknot discography.
0: Yeah, all of them. Took all of them and ranked them. All right, from best to worst. Right. So uh, I just kind of want to talk about. Oh, it was. I'm sorry. It was Loudwire. Oh, La- loud same difference. Uh, Loudwire breaks down all the songs from top to bottom. How many songs? They said there's 81.
1: There are 74. <laughs> 74. Uh, it doesn't feel like that much for six albums worth. Ah, eh, you break it down like 12 albums a piece. Two oh, 12 songs a piece. Yeah, you know, it just feels kind of, kind of light. I guess we're coming from. Well, our dads came from the age of. 20 song albums you know this is, this is true so <laughs> let's just talk about the top five and let's go through the bottom five
0: because i'm interested in what the bottom five sure. are
1: um let's do bottom five first okay so we're starting <laughs> off at number 69 which i think is a good number um we already <laughs> know what the last one is and we talked about it and it's well deserving of last spot absolutely if you could guess an album that 69 fifth from bottom is what <gasps> what do you think it is uh
0: the most recent uh the great okay. chapter
1: or whatever yes uh that's actually correct yeah uh, the song is nineteen x i x. Okay. Nineteen. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's number sixty nine. I didn't, dude. I did not like this album.
0: I wasn't big on it. There's there was, like a few songs that, I, yeah. other than that,
1: like I like Custer.
0: I didn't like it the way I liked some of the older. Show, oh yeah, though. it's not even close. Yeah, the song. Oh, the, the better songs were just okay, on the album.
1: Oh, that is. You know what that is? That's painfully true. Yeah. And I never really thought about that. The better songs it. were just okay oh man that hurts my heart yeah Uh, number 70 is off uh, and i will say that every song off this album ranked in the bottom half except for one exception all hope is gone everything on here ranked bottom half except for snuff okay and i think dead memories got sulfur didn't get dude and do well i'll i'll run through this list again but most of this shit is bottom half really most of this album is bottom half so butcher's hook is number 70 okay um I enjoyed the yeah. It's not horrible. It's it's okay. (laughs) I think it's still better than most of the stuff on the Great Chapter. But I understand where it's coming from. Uh, Number seventy one is actually a single off the Great Chapter called Lech. Okay. Yeah. Number seventy two Vendetta. I hope it's gone.
0: I, liked Vend- I didn't think the Vendetta was that. I was really just thinking about that as you were talking about it.
1: Yeah? You vendetta, think that'd be like mid-tier? I mean, like... I, 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 just, I assumed it would have been a mid-tier, yeah.
0: Lower, quarter, but still not like bottom five.
1: Yeah. Uh, number 73, Rain Lies Continue.
0: Son of a bitch. That's the other song I was going to tell. I love that riff to that song. Gum, 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 gum. Yeah, groom, that's tasty. Groom, groom, groom. I fucking love that riff. And
1: 74 is Gehenna, the eight-minute... PCP Corey Taylor thing. Yeah, hey, that was
0: my joke, bastard.
1: Yeah, there you go, I beat you to it. But yeah, man, um, I just think a lot of these, like "Child of Burning Time," which is essentially a B side off of, probably the best song on
0: the album
1: too. That's the sad thing about it. You uh, think so? I don't think it ranks above "Dead Memories" in my heart. That's like my t- opinion. I'm, on that
0: song, on that particular album, it's probably top three, and it's a, like you said, like a. More I think track. top
1: three is fair. I don't think it ranks above "Sulfur" or "Dead Memories" in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and find some of these other ones that you'd be like surprised to.
0: Where in lies? See. K- I fucking love that rip, dude. Oh yeah, my man. god! And
1: like, okay, so granted, those like weird songs off Iowa, like Metabolic at fifty four, makes total sense. The only thing that doesn't make sense is how did this get above Where in Lies Continue? I don't know. Or dude. you know,
0: there's some issues with that. We should do that one. We should take a band's discography and fucking...
1: <laughs> and shred it?
0: Not just shred it, but fucking list, like, favorite song, least favorite song. Here's all of them and rank them. Yeah. We should, but we should probably it do... until
1: it. We Die I got 48, and that's also off all hope is gone. I, I didn't, didn't really like that song uh, either. It
0: was okay. That was okay. I like the keys on it.
1: Doo-doo. Sulfur got 45.
0: Uh, that's about halfway through. It's that's so bad. Yeah,
1: sure. That's <laughs> so bad. Uh, Gently Iowa got 43. What is up with that? What is with... These, like, weird artsy pieces that Slipknot does that score skin, higher. Skin Ticket. Where's that at? Skin Ticket? Yeah, I think that's pretty high up, if I'm being honest though no, no, it's not. Kill Pop is 40. Okay. Diluted off the OG 1999 album is 39. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> new Abortion. I'm actually surprised I got uh, this low. New Abortion got 38.
0: That's about right, I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, skin Ticket, Iowa, 36.
0: Yeah. Somebody was just a... Iowa uh, by Iowa got 35. is not that song like 12 minutes long?
1: Yeah, something like that. What else we got that's like weird and oddball? Eeyore got 32. That song needs to be bumped away the fuck up. that's like top 15 probably. Opium of the People. I really like that track. I don't think it's better than Eeyore though. Uh Uh-uh. That's off volume three. Uh Uh-uh. Blister Exists got 30. I think that's a fair spot. People forget that that's a very phenomenal sing.
0: Up, 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 up. That's Memories,
1: 29. Okay. That is upper half. The Nameless, 28 another single everybody forgets about I left behind like where's left behind on that oh we're still plowing all hope is gone 27 that's an uh, okay spot for that. oh
0: that needs to be down all oh
1: life got 26 that needs to be way lower too yeah. but that's new how the fuck are you gonna say it's, it's snuff 25 that's fair okay vermilion part 2 is 24 and part 1 is 23 i think that's a fair rating
0: i mean it's it's a fucking cop-out to put them right next to each other but
1: whatever everything ends 22 I like the live version way better than the album version in my opinion, but before I forget, it's 21. Oh, man. 21? Yeah. That's that's a really good Slipknot song, too.
0: It's, that's, yeah, that should be top 10.
1: Yeah, but it's not.
0: <laughs> Who made up this list? You're a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go in and and re rank your list. That sounds like that. Uh, you ever see? listen to Eminem's new album where he's talking about when he calls his manager and he's looking for the guy who reviewed his album on Yahoo? <laughs> he's like, this motherfucker lives in Michigan and I think I know where he lives. I'm going to go to his house. I'm going to fucking
1: kill him. There's, there's that. I'll leave it to Eminem for you, man. <laughs> yeah, I thought. Um, go to go the top five now. Sure. Absolutely. Let me scroll all the right way up there. I think we reviewed top five and uh, both of us were kind of yeah. surprised. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, first off, give your top five. Your My t-
1: top five Slipknot songs. That's pretty rough. Um, Duality is up there for me. I would say probably number five. Uh, Eyeless is number one. Yeah. One in, so five, I yeah. got one and five. Now what's in between? Yeah. Uh, I would say Sulfur Dead Memories. Those two are bangers. Uh, damn. This is a lot harder than I thought it'd be.
0: Because <laughs> I, I think I gave you a list, did I not? looking for that.
1: Oh man, this uh, my plague is like probably my number 3. It's up there. Yeah. It's kind of an oddball one, but I think I enjoyed it enough. No, my plague there.
0: is it was a good, those legit.
1: Uh I think Psychosocial would probably make that cut. I'd have to sit down, revamp it, review the discography, but off the top of my head, those are my five. What are your five?
0: Uh Eyeless. He no, such a banger. Wait, hold on. No, people equal shit. Eyeless. Mhm. Uh
1: Left Behind got twelve, by the way.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, people shit, disaster Peace. phenomenal. Uh, duality. I think psychosocial is probably five.
1: Islas got ranked as number six. That's so wrong. <laughs> it should be like one or two on anybody's yeah. list. Oh my! All God. right, so here are the actual top five that Loudwire ranked these at. Uh, where's damn dude? Like this number one is duality. I think that's a strong contender, and I think that a lot of older Slipknot fans are they are going to have this in their top five.
0: Honestly, dude, for me personally, on that album, I put Before I Forget and Vermillion and The Pizzler Exist Above. Dual. I like Duality. Yeah. I think it's a great song. But
1: Number two, Surfacing off the self-titled 1999 track. I think the Carter Riff's Tasty. Um, I think it builds instrumentally very well, but there's just... I don't know, man. I like a lot of other tracks off the OG album aside from Surfacing, you know? wait Where's wait, wait and Bleed? Like 16. Well, let me let me double check. Number three is Heretic Anthem. Fair. I don't like that. Uh, disaster piece is four. Okay. Uh, that's fair. I, I always thought disaster piece was underappreciated, but apparently Absol- a lot of people. Yeah, apparently. No, you're like, oh, maybe man. Maybe it's not underrated. And the yeah. people equal shit is five. I think that's also fair. That should be No Number I,
0: one That's my number one Yeah that's my number one yeah, I just is six. I just fucking love it Pretty brutal huh Yeah We should do that Maybe like maybe not like With band with like six songs but Attack maybe, attack Yeah maybe like three Like three albums or something And just do that discography. Maybe we'll look into that We'll talk about it Because I, I, we're basically Replacing the ten song Set list game Because we it's been off For a couple of weeks Which I'm okay with But Good we, should, copy. we should find another game To take its place
1: I got one more thing okay. On this uh, music docket Sure. So at all all points East, which is like this festival, and I believe the UK. Okay. Uh, Bring the Horizon's headlining it, and they're getting a two-hour set list, and they said they were playing a lot of older goodies. So I thought that was cool. Two hours is pretty brutal, but I, I'm assuming they're going to do what every time I Die did at the last um, to the season. They're just going to cycle through their discography. With I'm hoping they exclude. This is what the Edge of Your Seat was made for, because that is unlistenable. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I I think uh they they said they're gonna play a lot of older stuff and they can't
0: pull it off anymore we don't know i do know know. it's been 10 years he sounds like spongebob running across the the garbage in the the fucking hashing slasher episode
1: well i guess we'll have to wait and see for the video of that come out i'm kind of curious to see what they pick because there's a lot of stuff that has been left behind huh well that's one um from there's a hell
0: there's uh never mind
1: that's more of a Linkin Park deep cut.
0: I don't think you'd get that. Never mind, move along. I think,
1: <laughs> I think they might have played it one time after we saw it, but there was a ten-year span where they didn't play anything off There Is a Hell, and then when we saw them Halloween 2016 in London, they played Crucify Me, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" It's a good song. Yeah, it's a really good song, but it was—I'm telling you—it was like a like a big gap of time. Maybe not ten years, maybe like five or six years. Five, right? yeah, five Where they, or they six haven't years. played anything off that album, and then suddenly this comes rolling out.
0: Well, because it has been 10 years since theirs came out. So. Yeah, you're right. You're right.
1: But I think <laughs> yeah. since like the start of the Semper Terminal thing, they just kind of phased out all that stuff. Yeah, because he has to sing. Uh, he has to sing. He's so good at it. He has to sing. Good stuff. Uh, I got an album review next week uh, from Keith Buckley's side project called The Damn Things. I want you to check it out. Uh, Got some interesting stuff on it. Is it out? Yeah, it came out yesterday, or I'm sorry, Friday. Okay. And it should be fun. I I like doing these joint reviews because there's a lot of things. Maybe I overlook, you overlook, and then we combine and, you know, we've got each other's backs type. Type of shit. <laughs> smacking myself with the yeah. boom shield.
0: Absolutely. So with that, that is episode 115 of the Second City Kids podcast. You can go ahead and like us on all your places that you like to find your podcast. We're basically on all of them. I'm not going to go through the whole spiel because my throat is running out of energy. Oh, like golly. Part. Yeah. So, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so with that, check out Avengers. Check out Mortal Kombat. And uh, I guess check out uh, all the damn things, or whatever the fuck the name of the fantasy. I forget already. Uh, Check out the new EP, and then uh, we'll talk about next week. But until then, we'll see you next week. Deuces.